It is the Michael Bourne Identity Episode Five. We, there's no sponsor. I don't have a sponsor. <laughs> I need one of one of those things. Uh, if you want to sponsor the Michael Bourne Identity, uh, hit me up and and we'll make it happen. I'll 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 say literally whatever you want me to say. Uh, if you say if you want this to be sponsored by the devil uh, and and you throw fifty bucks a month my way, I, the the devil will sponsor this this podcast. Uh, my next guest is we, we our how we became friends is really strange, uh, and I and and I'm looking forward to to this conversation. Uh, he is Taylor Williamson. He is a producer at WFAA uh, in in the city up forty five. And, uh, but he's all, he's, he's, he's one of ours. Like he's a, he's a, he's an Astros guy. So Taylor, how you been? Man, you know, I've been good as we can be during these troubling times, you know, spending a lot of time inside. I got married about three months ago. So that was exciting. That's cool. Um, yeah. But, but other than that, you know, just, uh, just glad to have sports back. As you said, I'm a producer at WFAA, a sports producer, and we didn't have sports for about, I don't know, four or five months. So I didn't have a whole lot to do. So it's nice to have at least something to do now. Okay. Did, so when, like, did you find yourself in those, you know, cause there was just nothing from, from, from like the middle of March until, you know, there's about six weeks where there were just, there's no sports whatsoever. Did you find yourself focusing? Like, did you suddenly become like a, a soccer, like a Bundesliga fan or do you get up at four o'clock in the morning and watch Korean baseball? Like, how did you adjust to get your sports fix? You know, that, that it's a, it's a good question. Um, did, did not find myself watching too much soccer or Korean baseball. <laughs> I just, what, what I tried to do. I mean, you know, I work with a lot of guys who, you know, just because there was no sports doesn't mean that we didn't have sports casts. So they were, you know, moving heaven and earth to, you know, create all this content based around, you know, not having sports, which is just, crazy to me and made me glad that I was a producer versus a reporter anymore because I think I would have lasted about a week and a half and then been like <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm all out of ideas but no uh I, I tried to you know be as helpful as I could and also you know sports 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 is near constant so it was like okay I tried to enjoy the little lull and I couldn't enjoy the little lull I went I was going stir crazy you know within like a week and a half it's like I gotta have something to do and Oh, that, thank goodness, at least for now, that's a recent memory. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like, I mean, no matter what, like they're going to just plug ahead and they'll just cancel whatever games need to get canceled. And, and if you're good to go, you're, you're good to go. Is, right. is that the right, is that the right call? Like, is that the, is that the way to do it? Or do you think, you know, should, should we just like shut it down for a couple of weeks and let everything get under control and then start it back up? You know, I, I, I think that there's some wisdom in shutting everything down, but I think now that the train started rolling again, I don't think that there's anything that's going to be powerful enough to slow it down. And I mean, I, I, I won't lie. I am a little bit impressed with, and maybe impressed isn't the right word, but uh, you know, they have a lot of these sports have just rolled with the punches as best they could. And I didn't know how that would work out. And I mean, Obviously, I think we're seeing it get worse and the worst in college football and college basketball and the college basketball season is just starting today. But like the fact that we have any haven't had any NFL games, you know, straight up canceled or anything yet. I know that we've had, you know, a couple postponements here and there uh, that that that's 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 something to me that they've managed to push this far. But, you know, I, I, I think in a way 
We need sports, and I think that this is providing a valuable service, but I do also see the wisdom and trying to let things clear up. But I don't know. We, we'd bring it back and we'd have the same problem, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. Um, yeah, there, there's just, it's one of those, there's not a, there's not a right answer. Like there's not an obvious, correct way right. to go about kind of navigating it. Um, no, that's a good, that's a, that's a decent point. Now you are, <clears throat> you are from Houston. Yes. Correct. Born and raised. Yes. Born and raised. Okay. So, so what is your, what is your earliest memory of let's, let's start with, let's start with Houston sports. What is your earliest Houston sports memory? Oh man. Um, so I hated sports until I was about 11 years old. So, and I was 11 years old in 2001. Um, the, 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 you know, the Astros were fine. The Rockets were really bad. The first year, I think my first memories are probably of watching the, I mean, I probably picked up snippets here and there, but like actually remembering, I have a very clear memory of watching the Rockets playing in like 2002. It was the year after Akeem left. So they were terrible. They had Steve Francis, uh, Catino Mobley. Uh, they had like some no names. They had like Oscar Torres, Tier Brown, and I may be, you know, mixing 2002, 2003, but they were on that 23 game losing streak. And I remember Walt Williams hit like a three pointer to put them up. And I, whoever was the announcer back then, I just remember him screaming and that's why they call him the wizard. And I was like, (laughs) this is cool. This is cool. And you know, little did I know how not cool it was that they went on like a 23 game losing streak, but that, that is probably my earliest, like, that's my my Houston sports memory, which seems very anticlimactic or whatever, because it's like a throwaway game and the Rockets' worst season in the last thirty years. But that that's the one. Yeah, that that that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty impressive early. I, I could not name as many play the the post Akeem years. I couldn't I couldn't name five Houston Rockets. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Basketball's not. I mean, I I, I like watching basketball. Sure. But I mean, it, yeah, no, it's so, so what, I guess, how did you get from Houston to, to being a, a sports producer for WFAA? I mean, that's, that's a, that's a legit job like that. I mean, WFAA is, is a very widely respected uh, media outlet. So can you kind of trace your path from Houston to WFAA? Okay. Yes. Gladly. Because I, I, I remember it in great detail. Um, so I, I, I went to school at Cypress Creek, go Cougars. They're back in the playoffs again this year. Um, <laughs> and, uh, wanted to go into journalism, knew that. And so I looked at, uh, I looked at a bunch of different schools in state, looked at a bunch of different schools out of state. Um, and I ended up settling on going to the University of Kansas. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I, my, my dad, God bless him, you know, he took me to all these schools to look at them. We went on the tours and everything. And I wanted to go to your quintessential small college town, a school that had good sports, obviously. And Kansas had great sports. Well, Kansas had great basketball. And that was the year they went to the Orange Bowl and football. So I'm like, okay, they're going to be a basketball and a football school, which is one of my worst <laughs> takes one of my worst takes of all time. <laughs> and so I ended up going up there for four years and then I knew I wanted to go into to local TV, but I also knew I wanted to go back to Texas because Kansas is a lovely, Lawrence and Kansas city, lovely towns, too cold in the winter. 
uh, growing yeah, up yeah, in yeah. Houston, you could get away with owning like two pairs of uh, two, three pairs of blue jeans and then, you know, run into school in the morning and come out at four o'clock in the afternoon and it's 70 degrees. So, right. So um, after that, hardest job to get uh, Sherman, Texas. It's about an hour north of Dallas. And I was just fortunate enough to uh, apply for a job and went in for an interview and uh, got that job. So I spent about three years in Texoma which is, you know, the three, three northern counties of, uh, of the Dallas area and then all of southeast Oklahoma. So I covered sports there for a little while. And then I ended up getting a job down in Waco at KWTX, which is where you and I met when I came out and did a story on a goalkeeper, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it was the, uh, <laughs> was the cla- classroom champion. Is that what it was? I, it was the classroom. Yes, it was the classroom champions. Yes. So I uh, came out and did that. I uh, was there for about two and a half years. I was working weekends there. And then m- my now wife, I met her in Sherman and she had gotten a job in PR down in Dallas. And so a producer job opened uh, at WFAA and I had a buddy who I used to work with in Waco and he kind of, you know, recommended me for it and recommended that I look into it. And you know, it was important to have my now wife up here. And so I decided to make the switch. And so I've been here for about two years now. What is the greatest high school sporting event you have ever seen? Oh, that is a tough question. I mean, I'm um, talking like like Hail Mary or, you know, full court buzzer beater. Like what's, what's the game that, that you covered where you're like, holy crap, I can't believe I just saw that. There have been there have been some pretty good games. Um, there was one game that I was on my way to cover that I missed in uh, Sherman, which I know this doesn't count. But there was this team who we covered who was about to go to state, and they were up one, and they were inbounding the ball, and they inbounded it on the other side of the court, and the kid put it in the wrong basket as time expired, <laughs> and so that team lost by one oh, point geez. and didn't go to state. I know. <laughs> um, I know. I know. Um, I'm going to throw you for a little curveball here. This wasn't a game that I covered. It was a game that I was at as a fan. Okay. Is that allowed? Yes. Um, do you remember Sam McGuffey at Cy Fair High School? You ever yes. hear of him? He went to Michigan, the hurdling guy. Well, he, yeah. the, the, the play that was heard around the world, that was against Cy Creek. He scored eight touchdowns against us. And I was watching the play when he jumped over our cornerback. And I remember looking at the guy behind me <laughs> and we were like, what just happened? And that was, that was probably one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Cause the, the, like, there's something about high school, just high school sports. Like when I was in, I went to college at, in, in Abilene. And there was, there were a, a one semester or one year we'd get a bunch of our friends together and we'd, you know, we'd get the Abilene Reporter News uh, and every Friday they'd have like, you know, their top games, you know, in the big country, you know, that night. And, and we were limited to, we limited ourselves to 3A and lower, uh, mm-hmm. but we oh, yeah. try, try to find like the best game that was within an hour, hour and a half of, of Abilene of a drive. Uh, go eat at the local restaurant, go to the game, like get into it and, and then come back. Like it's the most like Christian school Friday night you could, you could ever expect. <laughs> That's awesome though. And you have a but lot was, of options within an hour and a half of Abilene. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. And, and there's just something about, you know, cause you go and we're like this, you know, this game's supposed to be good, but you just never know if you're going to watch something or you're going to see something you've never seen before. So is that still like a big part of, 
of your kind of motivation or, or the thrill of, of doing what you do? So, you know, working as a producer, I don't get out to as many games anymore. Um, like non-COVID times I did, but during COVID, you know, we really try to not send, we, we try to keep as many people out of bigger events like that as we can, but there's certainly, you know, there's certainly a thrill on a Friday night. And of course you're on a deadline. So it's kind of like, you're thinking about that too, but you know, a really good game, you got crisp fall air, you know, you have two really good teams and it's, 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 there's just always that palpable energy and the, the fans are just so amped up and wired up. And I mean, you know, my team went four and six and missed the playoff. No, two and two and eight. Sorry, I'm giving us too much credit. I didn't play, so I can't say anything. But I, I just, <laughs> I'll sit there at the games and I'm just like, man, I kind of wish, you know, I, I wish we, we had had this because, you know, it's just it, everyone gets so wound up and so excited and there's so much energy uh, just in, in the uh, stadium. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you, uh, obviously you live in Dallas, you know, you're, you're Houston, everything. How I, I, on the last, what I, the last episode, maybe the episode before, uh, I presented a theory that the, the Mike Fires story that, mm. that threw the entire, you know, the, the one world series in franchise history into question, that is the greatest moment. That is the greatest baseball moment of a Rangers fan's life. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's the, 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 the happiest they've ever been watching baseball. Uh, or as a baseball fan, was was the Mike Fire story? Is that accurate, or or is that inaccurate? You know, I, I so a lot of my a lot of the people who I work with, you know, they they live here in Dallas. They're not necessarily from Dallas. They also do a fantastic job of being unbiased. So they don't, you know, it's not really much Rangers Astros uh, with us. I would say if I put myself in their shoes, because I remember watching the Rangers World Series and I had been resigned that they were going to win that second one. I remember watching it at Tonic yeah. on Mass Street in Lawrence, you know, this, this big nightclub bar or whatever. And I'm the one sitting there in the corner watching the end of the World Series. And I'm like, you know what? Good for y'all. You did it. You know, I, I just resigned to the fact that uh, it was going to happen. And then the ball goes over Nelly Cruz's head and the rest is history. I, I would say if I were in their shoes, and this is just me probably being petty, but it would have been, it would have tortured me if I had seen the Astros win and then to kind of have that whole thing, you know, tainted or whatever. I think it would have been like, yeah, you, you jerks. We knew, we knew it couldn't, we knew it couldn't all be that. You guys are still the Astros, still the disastros, but I, I could see that being the case for some Rangers fans. If I was a Rangers fan, that would probably be the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I uh, later this week, my my brother in law uh, is going to come on, and and he's one of the kind of the same thing. Like, grew up in Houston, um, you know, married a Dallas girl, lives in Dallas, and is now like Dallas everything. And so, you know, I, I'm going to talk to him about you know why are you the way that you are, and are you? Uh, <laughs> remember remember how you're a traitor uh, to your race, to your Houston race. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, uh, <laughs> do you think do you think the, the 2017 World Series is tainted or like wh what's your stance as a journalist uh, looking back at, at the fallout from the last year or so? Uh, as as a journalist, as an objective journalist, it's hard to argue that it's not tainted, at least in some respect as a fan. Uh, I think that 
a lot of other teams were doing it. And until you prove to me that they weren't, I know this is a logical fallacy, but until you prove to me that other teams weren't doing it, I'll never believe otherwise. And that right. may just be a coping mechanism for me personally. <laughs> In fact, I know it's just a coping mechanism for me personally, but fortunately, you know, most of my friends who I talk to are, you know, Astros fans. And so we all kind of have the same vitriol and anger and, you know, whatever feelings about it. But it is unfortunate that from an objective point of view, I mean, unless it comes out that, you know, everyone was doing it, it's going to be tainted in some form or fashion. But I had a Rangers fan who told me once that, you know, would he have done it? Probably and that the juice was probably worth the squeeze because I mean, I'll tell you watching, watching that uh, entire postseason, And, you know, when I was, a, when I worked weekends in Waco, it was, this is one of the few times that my days off worked in my favor. Cause I was off Wednesday and Thursday and they play the world series uh, game one and two and six and seven on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. So my boss yeah. would let, would let me work a day shift and I drive down to Houston and meet up with my buddies and we'd go out, you know, in town, not, not to the actual games or anything, mind you, but we'd go and be, you know, a little Woodrow's and whatnot, kind of close to and around the stadium and watch those games. And it, it was, it was, you'll never be able to take those memories away from me. And so much of what they did was, you know, the, obviously they could rake, but their pitching was good too. So I don't know. I, I think it'll look back. I think people will look back at 50 years and they'll be like, so you're saying they were hitting trash cans in the dugout. <laughs> no one caught on to that for an entire season and they won the World Series. People are going to say that's pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, no, and check, the, check, it, check in with me when I'm 80. <laughs> the way that that people, you know, are so willing to crucify the Astros. Uh, and then, you know, in, in the same conversation, you know, they they put Gaylord Perry and, you know, scuffing the ball and spitting yep. on the ball and the 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 1951 shot heard around the world where, you know, Bobby yep. Thompson knew what was like, knew the pitch that was coming. They're like, ah, that's just, you know, that's classic baseball. Like it's right? such a, there's such a, 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 a I guess it, it, we shouldn't be surprised by the sort of a double standard. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, and maybe not, like maybe people won't calm down eventually about it. I, I don't know. Are the, are Dodgers fans going to suddenly chill out now that they've won one? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like, a, I mean, if I was a Dodgers fan, and I mean, full disclosure, before all this happened, I really liked the Dodgers. I mean, they were probably one of my favorite NL teams. I liked the colors. I liked the team. I, don't don't ask me why. It's just one of those stupid, you know, kind of recognition things. But that's a classic. Um, it's a classic franchise. I mean, you got Jackie Robinson. Yeah. You got Sandy Koufax. There's there's nothing to really dislike about the Dodgers. And, you know, he's a Dallas boy, uh, Clayton Kershaw. I've always found Clayton Kershaw to be, you know, a good dude. And I always felt kind of bad for him being bad in the playoffs, not against us, but maybe against other teams. Yeah. Um, but I, if I were a Dodger fan, I would calm down a little bit because it's like, you'd like two World Series, but you have the one World Series. And, you know, no one, I feel like, especially with all the, with all the built up, you know, hate and vitriol that they've been spewing, I feel like it's got to feel even better to have that, you know, soothing balm of a World Series. That I cannot, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be on Twitter in in the COVID World Series with the Astros and Dodgers, like like a oh rematch God. of 2017. Like it, it would have been, and and this year, I don't know about about you, but this year. You know, I, I didn't watch too many regular season games. I, I'd check in with it, 
Um, I had a, a, a computer that I had reliably VPN to where I could watch, you know, I could, I could watch MLB TV uh, and sort of have the, you know, have the Astros game on. And, and that computer died and, and, and I just haven't <laughs> replaced it yet. So I didn't, I, but, you know, with, with all the games being on, you know, TBS or ESPN or, or Fox or whatever it was, you know, I, I watched every, every single playoff game. Um, I didn't get, I, I, I didn't get keyed up this year the way I have in years past. And I don't know if that's just the culmination of, of like everything that has happened in 2020, or if it was residual, just sort of like, uh, unease with, with how the 2019 season ended. And then that off season, how was your consumption of, of the playoffs this year compared to previous years? So that, well, First, I'll tell you about the regular season, because this was a big year for me, you know, living outside of Houston, it is nearly impossible to, because uh, I always, I've always wanted to have AT&T Sportsnet, and I finally got it this year, they finally had someone besides DirecTV who provided it in Dallas, so I've probably watched more regular season this year than I have in a long time, watched a lot of uh, those extra inning losses, which was a real treat. Um, <laughs> and it's and, late, so and, you're just mad? Yeah, I mean, in the postseason... You know, I was watching, I, I watched the games. I watched the Minnesota game and I would, you know, games. And I was like, okay, this is cool. We're doing it. Uh, the A's games. I was like, I don't know that we'll beat the A's. You know, they kind of owned us during the regular season. And, you know, I'm checking in here and there because, you know, some of these days it's a mixed blessing because of my weird hours. I don't go into work until three o'clock and I'm also off in the middle of the week. So that it changes how much I can watch. I kind of viewed the first two series as, you know, I'm going to try to tune in as much as I can. Whatever we do is gravy because we made the postseason. Well, then we get against the Rays and I'm like, the Rays have the most disgusting offense I've ever seen watching uh, playoffs that deep. And so I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll watch a couple games. They lost the first two games and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, well, crap, they lose the third game. I'm like, okay, well, what, what's going on here? I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to watch the fourth game. And around the fifth game and the sixth game and the seventh game, I was pretty, pretty wound up uh, the whole time. But I mean, the playoffs are such an exhausting slog. And I mean, it's a stupid thing to have to complain about because, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's never something I've had to complain about before, but especially with the three game wildcard series. I mean, yeah, you, you try, you try to met out your emotional, you know, your emotional dedication a little per game and not, not go up and down the whole time. But I, I was probably more calm now this year because the team didn't play as well during the regular season. So I wasn't expecting as much and I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, yeah. from Valdez, uh, I, I could go on for hours about how terrible I thought he was and how good he is now. And that, that's why I'm a sports producer, not a uh, baseball scout. <laughs> It's, it was, yeah, no, and I'm, I was sort of the same, the same way, you know, I, I, I watch and then, but it's almost like coming back from being down 3-0 in a best of seven to force a game seven and then losing game seven. Like that just feels like the most Houston sports turn of events ever. Uh, just the, you know, how, how they managed to, to lose that game. Um, but it wasn't heart I, I, it wasn't heartbreaking. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The 2019 World Series Game Seven was absolutely devastating. Uh, this one was like, ah, oh, that sucks. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I can go to bed at eight o'clock again uh, now that this is all over. No, you're you're right. It, it. I was at that Game Seven, and 
you know, we had standing room only seats because that was, you know, anything more than that was going to totally bankrupt me. And <laughs> I just remember standing there and we kind of saw parts of the field. And then, you know, 45 year old Howie Kendrick, you know, hits it. And I just look at my buddies and I'm like, did that go off the pole? They're like, yeah, that went off the pole. And we're just like, oh my God. Yeah, that was. That one, you just didn't know what to do afterward because it's like, we're not going to lose all four home games. We lost all four home games. Yeah. Uh, this this year, I mean, yeah, game seven, it just felt like after, you know, you're watching Morton out there dealing and it's like, how are we going to get a hit off of this guy? And I'd like to give Charlie Morton props for a guy who's going to maybe retire about two years ago. He's come across $46 million pretty admirably. Yeah, no, he's earned every penny of it. And I learned so much about the Tampa Bay bullpen. I, you know, was texting my buddy and we're talking about, all right, who's this Fairbanks guy? Who's this Thompson guy? Like I, I'd never heard of them in my life. Yeah. They, they all look like, like accountants and, and youth ministers <laughs> that can all throw 99. Like it's, it's the yep. craziest team, but I was terrified of the race and, and I was on record as being like, I, I, I would rather play the Yankees uh, than the Rays. Cause the Rays are just weird. Like they're, they just don't, they, and and as much as the Astros did weird things, you know, with the shifts and, uh, you know, hitting Springer in the leadoff position, it seemed crazy, you know, at the, at the time. Um, you know, I, I feel like, I, you know, we're sort of immune to, to weird baseball, but, but the way the Rays do things, it's, it's just, they're, they're crazy. Do you feel good about James Click coming from the Rays to take over after Luno got fired? I, I, I feel about as good as I can about, you know, I don't know much about the guy and this will be our full, first full, you know, true off season that we'll see what he does. And he's got some really hard choices to make, obviously, but I suppose if we're going to take someone from an organization, I would like to take them from the Rays because it's like, you know, the Astros aren't the Dodgers or the Yankees, but they certainly are going to spend more money than the Rays. So it's like, what do you, what do you get when you have someone who has that mindset and you have the money to spend, you know, on different players? Cause I mean, Again, that Rays offense, besides Rosarena, I mean, it was just like nails on a chalkboard watching them <laughs> play. Like I, I'd heard of, like I'd heard of those guys, but it's like you're talking about Mike Zunino as this potent, you know, Mike Piazza offensive threat every time he comes up, and I'm like, it's Mike freaking Zunino. I mean, yeah. come on, he washed out of the Mariners. How does that? How does that even happen? Like, I mean, it, yeah, no, they're stupid. I <laughs> I respect them, but I absolutely, absolutely hate them. Um, so you've kind of talked about this a, a couple of times while we've been sort of sitting here. What is your, what is your normal day look like? Like, like walk me through a, a fairly typical day for you. Oh, you know, I mean, especially during COVID, uh, you know, there, we're obviously trying to keep as many people out of the station as we can and having people work remotely. So, you know, we, we typically unless there's something big going on, we have a show at six o'clock and 10 o'clock. Um, you know, we have an anchor who does the show. I'm communicating back and forth with them. We're kind of talking about what we're going to do. Uh, I'll cut the video for the stuff. They'll write the scripts up. I'll put in, you know, the little, little graphics that you see on the bottom of the screen. Um, you know, we obviously have these huge archives. We, our assistant sports director has been here since the early eighties. So there's like 40 years worth of video. So of course that, you know, is needed at times. So I'll go, I'll go uh, fish that up, you know, and it's, you know, a lot of uh, depending on who's there and who's not there, I'll kind of coordinate the day or whatever. And uh, you know, and then when it comes time for the sports cast, I'm in, well, I used to be in the 
control booth, but now we're spreading that out too. So I'll be in my own edit bay where we have a setup where, you know, I cue them, I keep the time, you know, I do all this. I mean, it's nothing, it's fun and I love the people I work with, but it's nothing, you know, too glitz and glamour. It's like, you know, making sure these shows go off without a hitch. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things it's, it's repetition and I've kind of learned how to handle most of the situations. Have you had some sort of like, because one of my favorite things, I, I like watching people mess up. Uh, and I have been known to, to go on YouTube and just like look up like videos of people falling off their bike or crashing their motorcycle or whatever. Um, and, and news fails, especially, I think those are, those are especially funny. Have you been part of, not, not that any, not anything that would make like YouTube, but, but a situation where, where something went, went really wrong and you either had to save it or just kind of own it. You know, if you can believe this, and I'm sure now it will happen today, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, besides like technological stuff or putting the, the wrong video in the, in the wrong script or whatever, I, I think the worst thing I ever did, and, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I've been doing this producing stuff for two years and everyone has, I mean, you have your flubs and whatnot, but the anchors have all been, been, been really good. I once told people to there were two uh network affiliates in sherman and i was doing a live shot right next to the girl from the other station and i told everyone i signed off and told them to watch the other station i work for kxi <laughs> and i was like and be sure to tune in for more on uh, k10 at 10 and i you know i didn't even think about it and i got a few calls from people they're like why'd you do that and i was like <laughs> do what and they're like you said k10 i'm like Honestly, you know, it's a miracle that I haven't said K10 at 10 before because that rolls so much more effortlessly off the t- effortlessly off the tongue. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, so uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, so so much uh, for taking time out of your Thanksgiving break. First Thanksgiving as a as a married dude, right? I, I know. Yeah, it's something. I mean, when I say something, you know, people keep on asking me how married life is, and you know, we had. Uh, we had lived together before we got married. So I'm like, it's a lot the same, except for I can't leave my wedding ring sitting around somewhere like I do with every other piece of whatever that I've worn in my life. Yeah, no, th- yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's not a huge adjustment uh, going from being engaged to, to being married. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, I've been married. It'll be 18 years next summer. Um, and, and it's, it's always, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's sort of whatever, whatever you put into it, you're going to get out of it. So it's it's a, it's a lot more cumbersome for her to get out of here if she gets sick of me. So that's, you know, (laughs) got got, got her all tied up in that legal paperwork now. Locked it down. Yeah. That's what I, I had to, my wife and I, we actually dated officially dated for six weeks before I proposed. Uh, cause I, I knew it, which, which, you know, we, we've got a, a, a kid and and if if she if she does that then you know we're already thinking like what what do we what do we do if she does what we did and uh you know it's with yeah it's but it's fine it's fine it's great <laughs> so well taylor enjoy your thanksgiving i really appreciate your time it was uh it was a lot of fun talking to you yeah good good time talking with you as always all right follow taylor i'll put the uh you know when when you click on this i'll tag him in it so you can follow him and you can have all of your area Dallas sports that you, that you could ever hope to hope to come across. I, I don't know if that's a good selling point for most of the listeners, but you know, I'll do what I can anyway. <laughs> Taylor, have a good one. I appreciate it. All right. You too.